Welcome to Runelanders. I'm Matt Adam, your host and friendly neighborhood dungeon master, and so it's my job to let you know that Runelanders contains coarse language and things that might offend sensitive listeners, and so listener discretion is strongly advised. Now, if that sort of thing is your sort of thing, then dig, if you will, the mysteries, magic and mayhem, which follow a felonious fellowship's forays from salons and saloons into parlors of power and places unknown in, around, above, and beneath Byzantine Bailey Mina. Having returned from an autumn spent lost in the dream, will our fiends survive the winter in the city of steel and steam? We could tell you all about it, but we'd rather show you. We're the Runelanders. This is Rapscallions. So get ready, Runatics, and let's roll. Camera comes in on Bailey Mina from high above as always it does. The evening is beautiful and moonlit up here amongst the tops of the towers. Two of the moons are full and the third is a fat crescent. All of them are hanging in the east. High here at the tops of the towers you can see the Bailey Mina eagle leap off and flap off into the night disturbed by the camera, which spins in that Tim Burton-esque way and plunges through the cloud. Eventually, the streaking lights whipping past turn, in, turn out to be the windows of the towers, and even then, the camera's plunged into darkness before flashing into that gray-green that all dark vision sees in. Bouncing around, it lands, it seems to shoot through the two buster lines, like the two sets of buster tracks, and the ironwork of the trestles keeping the trains above this part of the city is briefly visible. Through a yellow smog, then, the camera falls before pulling out into a low swoop over the turgid waters of the Landsgrave River, which course over the banks of mud and debris which threatened to choke the river off. Amidst all of this unnatural features of stone and earth or man-made piers of wood and iron sits the community known as the Styles. It bends around and above and over this twisted, sluggish at times, frothy at others, stinking, muddy, chemical mess of a river. And it's here that the camera pulls it to a large pit filled with this fetid mud. There is a tall warehouse building, the back of which holds a crane, and from this crane there hangs what appears to be a decommissioned skyship. But is it decommissioned? As the camera pulls in further, we see the vessel vent steam. And that there is, well, there seems to be, all of the usual hookups to resupply a vessel of its type. It is connected to the warehouse by a long catwalk. And it is along this catwalk that the camera goes before leaping up onto the roof of the warehouse and peeking into the skylight 
Okay, Shakir, from below you, the door smashes open and something about the size of a horse rushes off the stairs. By the time the Viper Hound crests the stairwell, you are more than ready for it. You have prepared your... You've prepared yourself. You know exactly what you're going to do. You know exactly where it's going to be. And so it's a foregone conclusion when you roll your attack. Uh, that's a 20 to hit. That'll get him. Uh, nine damage. Well, he wasn't expect like he wasn't expecting you to even to be able to see him because it's so dim in here. But the viper hound, as I said, which is about the size of a horse, stops at the at the top of the suddenly crowded landing to the third floor. It can't get up. You're all up here. And uh, as it stops at the top of the stairs, Shakir, you fetch it a slice just under its right eye. And I suppose he'll follow that up with his second attack. Uh, might as well even it out. Go for the left. Alright. Yeah, that one was only a 14 to hit. Oh, nope, sorry. I'm looking at the wrong number. 16 to hit. That's got him. And that one's for 12. Well, that one is a little bit deeper. The first one was just a graze. This one, well, that's going to leave a scar. The Viper Hound scrambles back down the stairway. 10 feet. Next up at 17. What do I see? In the room where you are, because you're on the other side of the door from Calder and Shakir, at the moment, what you see is, through the loft hole in the floor down to the levels below with cranes, you see a scaly appendage, like a hand, come up and grip the railing, and then another one, and then a third. And then the bulk of this thing, which again is about a horse, about the size of a horse, hauls itself up over the railing. This is a viper hound. Um, The body of it is equid. The legs are bent like a cat's. And the head on this thing is crocodilian and terrapin if you know what i mean it's blunt like a turtle but full of sharp gnashing teeth the body of this thing seems to be covered in thick armor plates like a turtle and there is a long spiky uh, like a long tail which comes out 10 feet to the rear of it with a bundle of spikes on it yeah, I, I bolter it for six points. Oh, on my second attack? 23 total on the sneak attack. Okay, well, that one hurts. Well, boom, you shoot, like, the, the first one, you uh, you shoot it in one of its hands, that hand, let's go. Um, the other two appendages, which is grab the rail, haul the thing up over it as it's leaping on to the balcony you uh you plug it one right solidly in the side the bolter well it's a magic bolter so it fires a magic bolt 
which pounds into the side of this thing. You can see the impact ripple all up inside. It's a good hit, and you see that the Viper Hound lands awkwardly. Calder. Yes. You're on the other side of the door with Shakir, who has just exploded into violence behind you. Uh, and how many targets with us? There is one on this side of the door with you. Excellent. In that case, I will say Shakir. Then I'll make a little um, pointy wavy gesture at him, and a little uh, bright blue spark will shoot from my finger to his chest, and I will say, have fun as I cast haste. Shakir explodes into motion. The camera slows down the world to keep up with him. You get an extra action this round, Shakir. Delilah is just going to swear under her breath and call once again on the city to uh, to help care for her friends and uh, bless everybody. I'm going to upcast it so it'll hit everyone. The beneficence of St. Delilah is with all of you, my friends. Receive the benefits of her blessing. Uh, for the record, the benefits of her blessing are a D4 on your attack rolls and saving throws. Excellent. Thank you. So, the rest of the critters are going to hold off for now. One has been shot and one has been cut up. One of them is about to get cut up much worse. So, now it's your turn again, Shakir. Okay, yeah. Uh, Shakir will uh, follow the little uh but not really little, the, the thing down the stairs and uh, go for two more cuts and then he'll use his bonus action to faint and then follow that up with his third action. Roll him up. Right. First attack probably hits. That's a 28. Second attack is 15. Rest well assured on the first one, sir. The second one also the AC is 14, my friend. Okay. There's, there's no harm in telling. So, two hits and then your third? Well, my feint throws a superiority die in there. That's a six. And I get advantage on my third attack now. So, that's not even throwing in my new D4. I keep going to do that. Oh, yeah, that definitely hits. So, total damage. One second. All right, so 12 damage on the first hit, 12 damage on the second hit, and uh, 22 damage on the third hit. Calder, by the time this thing hits the landing below you, it is dead. You've seen Arabet move when he stabs somebody. It is a stabbing. It's not artful. It is exactly what it needs to be. It's tradesman-like. But Shakir moves like a fucking poem. His cuts are surgical, precise, droll even. He writes a poem in blood all over this creature. And then he is back at the top of the stairs. See, Shakir? Fun. Do be careful, though. In about a minute, you're going to be, well, 
quite tired. There's probably a noise that comes out of Shakir's mouth, but he's moving so fast, you have to like slow down the replay in order to figure out what he said. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. The sub the subtitles are like, uh, what? Sorry, I, you'll have to speak quicker. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I think I'm... Um, so uh, this guy is dead, and uh, Delilah and Arabet are on the other side of the door, and Shakir's between me and the door, right? No, you're between Shakir and the door. Oh, well, in that case, and it, is it my action? It is your action. I will open the door. Okay. So the door opens from behind Arabet as he plugs this second Viper Hound, which hauls itself onto the landing. Delilah. I've asked you before, who are you and what are you doing here? I'm Delilah Del Rey. And I don't think you understand what this city is. And with that, all she's going to do is flick a coin into the air and cast light on it. So it'll shine through the whole room, at least until it falls. Arabet, you see the, the you see the first gleaming of the coin as a a blinding burning light in your goggles and uh it's a flick of the back of your hand to knock them off your eyes calder the shock of the light that bursts into being blinds you for the briefest of split seconds shakir this light that gradually just beams out like the sun rising from this coin which floats ever so gracefully through the air like a feather on its upward trajectory as everything around you moves in beautiful slow motion. You see the ripples from the impact of the thomic bolt that Arabet puts into the side of this viper hound ripple up its side, its face comically knit in an expression of pain. It's then that another viper hound leaps from the cranes onto the balcony. You see the movement of this as a slow sliding through the air, Shakir. Um, as a child sliding down a slide at a playground. Everybody else there is a streak from the cranes and another viper hound lands on the balcony. The name doesn't ring any bells. This is Doris and Associates. Nobody's supposed to be in here now. Now you killed one of our viper hounds. You gotta go. Don't make us hurt you. And this whole thing, you've gotta go. There's a strong like antipathy towards you. Don't make us hurt you. And like then that is conveyed by a sense of menace. The who are you was just like an overwhelming sense of curiosity that washes that washed over you. None of this is in words. So you answer in words, but it answers in impulses. It doesn't much matter to me that you don't know who I am yet. You will. And then from across the room, this figure 
just kind of stands up out of the shadows and it's 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 wrong it's like a it's like a toad walking upright you know which should be comical except that it's it's just not it's fucking awful it's got this red blotchy skin with blue veins shooting all through it it wears a loincloth for modesty but uh and a few belts around itself it's long webbed feet arabet slap across the balcony behind these two viper hounds this well this you've never seen anything like this before any of you let's just let's just go with that is this what killed them well it's got long webbed feet so it was there at least yeah this is what's on that and it don't belong in our city no more it kind of cocks its head at a weird three-quarters angle in which which is to say it turns its chin at a just at a strange oblique that mechs shouldn't bend at and with a deep croak the viper hounds attack let's just go with the top of the round Shakir there's a croak you can hear it 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 rolls like a basso profundo note slowly across the horizon as when you'll hear thunder roll you know and then these two viper hounds lumber languorously into motion Well, since it looks like they're already dealing with one of them, as the other, the new one trundles forward, he'll just, you know, dance along its side and uh, three attacks, uh, one of which he's going to use as a menacing attack. 16 on the first attack to hit, so that'll hit 22 on the second. Those both hit. And another 16, so yeah, all three hit, and the... uh, Let's see, three on the superiority die. It will need to make a DC 17 wisdom saving throw. And if it fails, it is now, it will be frightened of me until my next turn. Nope, he didn't make it. So, uh, so it's 34 total damage that I rolled. And then, yeah, the it's frightened of me. Assuming it lives. Arabet, you've known the tender ministrations of Calder's magic. So when Calder opens the door and and Shakir just runs out and kicks the ever-loving shit out of one of these viper hounds to the point where it throws itself over the balcony to escape him, you know what's going on. Arabit snickers and plasters a couple bolts at the uh, wounded viper hound in front of him. Let her go, bud. By hit, I get 20, 21, and a total of 28 damage. These ones are considerably better because as this thing bunches itself up, you put one in its right eye and another one in its mouth. Delilah. There's your attack hound sorted. You're going to be next. 
It croaks what feels like a giggle at you. It starts like walking towards you and it's weird. It's made of elbows and fucking bumps sort of way. She is going to Sacred Flame it. It is a DC 17 dex save. Five. Okay. What kind of damage is it? That is radiant damage. Uh, and 16 of it. The maximum. Well, that's gonna hurt. Okay, so pow, it takes full freight and uh, charges you. Calder, you're up. Uh, how how is this thing looking? Which thing? Uh, sorry, uh, the weird fishy thing. Are there any other targets? Sorry. There's the viper hound that uh, Arabic is just shot in the face. It's uh, it's leaping towards him and will be crushing him at the end of the, like by the end of the round. Like gotcha. it's in mid it's in mid air leaping towards him as you get to take your action. All right. And the other thing is has just dropped its like Delilah puts her hand out and light explodes out of this thing's or out of the toad man's orifices all of them it's quite unsettling and humorous how's toad man looking not all that discomfited really angry and uh we're being quite loud at this point right oh yeah ain't nobody sleeping at this point all right uh in that case i will uh, reach into one of my many pockets uh i'll take out small uh, copper disc and I'll toss it like almost smugly uh, it'll land on the ground in front of me <clears throat> it'll pop open uh, almost like a child's toy and start spinning uh, and in there you see a gray cloud little bits of light it's faster and faster until emanating from it is a massive thunder wave. however at the very moment that it's about uh, to shock uh, everyone in the room, uh, <clears throat> um, four tendrils uh, flash out from it and uh, pop a very level, uh, comforting chill around me and my friends as I cast Thunder Wave and uh, use Meta Magic to make a careful spell. Nice description, Sean. Uh, that's a, you can do that with advantage. Well, thank you. I would prefer that if they have disadvantage on their constitution saving throw. All right. So that is, uh, I'm blowing my last uh, fourth level spell slot for that. So uh, that is going to be a total of, let's say, their uh, saving throw. Uh, everyone in our party uh, will um, automatically make their saving throw. Uh, also, if they, if they fail their saving throw, they take all the damage and they're pushed 10 feet away. What's the... What's the uh... What's the damage? Uh, 5d8. I rolled 33. Uh, the constitution saves 15, sorry. So that's a 2 and a 6. There you go. Disadvantage is steep. <laughs> yes, it is. And uh, everybody takes 33 damage? That is correct. In addition, uns unsecured objects that are completely within the area uh, are automatically pushed 10 feet away. Uh, 
spell emits a thunderous bloom audible up to 300 feet. I dare say far further than that, but... <laughs> Fair enough. I, I am put up pretty high. But 300, I, like 300 feet is fuck all. In the game, I understand it's a long way, but in the world, it's 100 meters. Yep. You can hear thunder far further than 100 meters from its source. I'm just saying. Well, if anyone wants to see these people while they're listening, they could just count the seconds to know how... No, I'm just joking. <laughs> so we take 16... No, you don't take any. You're excluded. So yeah, Shakir just runs up on this viper hound, uh, slices it a couple times with its sword. It leaps up, and he kicks it right in the ass to knock it off the balcony. Top of the route. Sorry, Shakir, or sorry, um, as... So, as Calder busts into the room, he throws his disc out it spins shields around everybody and fucking explodes it uh kills the viper hound that arabet has just shot twice in the face well if shooting him twice in the face doesn't do it the explosion which breaks him against a pillar does so on this level currently are only left the rapscallions and the red slide And no damage has been done to any of you. So, top of the... Oh, I guess it's the slot's attack. It didn't save, so it got pushed back 10 feet, you said? Yep, that's right. All right, so you blow it back, it bounces up, and uh, leaps at Delilah. Top of the round. Isn't that uh, there is. It's the third round of hate, right? Yeah, I've got a. I'm keeping a tally myself. Okay, good. Making sure. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, the subtitle will eventually read, you know, that was a mistake as he moves up on the slod. All right. So you put yourself between Delilah and the slod, and you could do that with uh, three attacks to spare. Oh, it's going to get more fun than that. I think I'm going to action search. Why not? Especially since as the slot shakes it off, he seems to rally a bit. And uh, that burn Delilah put on him, as well as the smash that Calder put on him, don't seem to have phased him all that bad. Okay, so those attacks are 25, 20, 31, 17, 24. Well, they all land. What's up, everybody? Alright, so as Shakira is augmented by the haste spell and moves in front of Delilah, the sword stops sounding like metal moving through the air and just honestly sounds like the, the strongest cutting wind that you've heard wind in between skyscrapers and as his sword kind of moves into a blur and slices through the thing well, five times 
and Shakir takes a step back so that it lands, if it's landing, uh, right in front of him. The slot moves past Shakir. They charge. There is a flurry of motion. Shakir stops with the serpentine point of his blade quivering and dripping with blood. The slot takes one step, two steps, and then its torso falls off of its pelvis. And when the torso lands, it falls into three pieces. We rejoin the scene to find Shakir alive with the thrill of battle. He's uh, breathing heavily and scanning the room with his sword in his hand and his cloak in the other. Arabet prudently has stepped back into the shadows. Delilah glowing softly next to Calder. Somewhere there are the remains of a slot and one more of these viper hounds. Off to the right, side of the room, there is a door which leads outside. Anybody here who stops to think about it will realize you are 45 feet off the ground. So, where's that door going to? Probably outside. Maybe it's a fire escape. What do you do? Well, that was a lovely bit of nastiness. I say, Shakir, you're quite impressive with that blade of yours. Thank you. Calder takes a look around. The shuddering bodies of the viper hounds, which Shakira so recently put iron into the vital parts of, still twitch and moan and, and, and flutter and, and die. It's that recent. But uh, of the slod and the third viper hound, no sign. Arabet moves to that door. That's rather worrisome. Delilah follows him. And it's not as though she's glowing brightly. It's more like she's been outlined with just, just a little bit of illumination, you know? Making it that much harder to fucking hide. Delilah, you're all right. You're glowing again, by the way. I level my uh, bolter at the door. I'm gonna check it for traps before I open it. Okay, so you see that there is some recent scraping at the base of the door, as though somebody had, no, somebody had taken off a glyph of warning. 
It appears to be pretty clean. Then open it, she does. Carefully. Initiative. Calder's on 15. 26. Shakir also got a 26. I got a 12. Nice roll, by the way. As the door opens, Shakir, Delilah opens the door. You get a bad feeling about it. You go to say something, and as if she has already heard you, she pulls herself back as the door jam explodes with a gunshot that follows a split second later. There's a sniper out there. They know you're here. Well, that's going to make it even real interesting. Actually, it's going to be easy. Turn on full light bulb right when I say now. All right. Calder, I need to make a, a, a rather large fall. Uh, out of character, or, or, or what are you asking for here? Feather fall. I, uh, I don't know if I have that. Like, I'm not even sure it's available to me. Oh, damn, that's Nari that had that. Never mind, I'll make the fall myself anyway. Now, we could do some other things. I have a suggestion. I can tell you to fall good. That's, that's not flying, that's falling in style. Okay, my plan is this. Wait, wait, Delilah wait, wait, wait. will okay. light up as like a light bulb, blinding his whatever vision he's using to see in here, because we don't have a lot of light in here. And two, uh, Shakir, I'm going to bounce outside there and fly, flash. A sh you're going to watch for the flash when he goes to track me going in front of the light. I'm just hoping he's going to miss more or less. <laughs> and you're going to shoot him. And wait, wait, how far up were we, Adam? About 45 feet off the ground. Sorry. Nah, I can't help yeah, you. I can, I, can, I, can help, I can help you to not take damage from falling 20 feet or less. I can also give you advantage and dexterity checks, but that's as good as I got for you, bud. No problem. I look up at the cranes. There's a rope aplenty here. Well, that's the thing. Like, there's, like, you look out the door and you see there's a long catwalk that reaches out to what appears to be a skyship, which is hanging from chains. That's what you can see, right? So you assume there's a crane out there and somewhere out there in that crane, there might be somebody shooting at you, but they might be on the ground. You can't really see all around you. Um, remember, you didn't get to see the camera fall from the sky. I just did that for the audience. Yes. So I'm just going to go out there, but I'm going to go out fast and flying over the railing. Like, what, are you just going to run out the door and jump off the side? No, I'm going to go as far as I can. 
Okay, so the first shot hits the rail in front of you. The second shot hits the rail beside you. That section of rail falls out. There's a, a, a natural hole there. So as you turn around to see where the shots are coming from, you can see that there are a couple of figures in the crane's control cupola. But you are now out in the air and looking, you see that you are out off the edge of the pier where Dorish's warehouse is built. And so that means you're actually about 60 feet off of the stinking, putrid, alchemical mud which fills this bay with nothing but air to grab onto. The rest of you. Okay, so Shakir, you stand back for a second to try to get a view on the shooters, but you don't seem to be able to see them from inside the building. Delilah, what you see when you flare up is uh, Arabet runs out the walkway about 30 feet and then does this sidelong dive before pulling out his bolters to uh, fire a couple of illuminatory bolts at the cab of the crane. He then just goes sailing off into the dark as uh, you notice that it has started to rain out there. Nineteen on a perception check. Uh, when he, when Arabet shoots uh, his bolters, uh, do I see anyone in the? Uh... That'll be with disadvantage because Delilah is blindingly bright. I'll roll one more time. Would Delilah's passive of 20 let her see? Yeah, your your illumination doesn't affect you at all. In fact, it lets her see the one guy wheel a, wheel a barrel over towards her and squinting hard, tighten his finger on the trigger. They're in the crane control. How far away is that? Well, it's attached to the building about uh, 30 feet away, but not accessible by this doorway or this walkway. In fact, it seems to be an entirely separate machine built right beside the building. You'd have to go back out and down and access it from the ground floor. Sorry if I was looking, you making a ranged attack, the distance between the window and uh, the target would be? 30 feet. Um, where are we on turn order? My, my intent is to go up to uh, the window uh, with cover and be standing with my back to the wall uh, so that I can, uh, you know, peek around and, and squeeze off a shot or something. Uh, and then, so I, what I want to do is I want to run up, back up against the wall and talk with Delilah because I think she's uh, right there as well. There's that bright blinding flare that leaves everybody blinking and then Delilah, who's a silhouette against her own brilliance, uh, spins in cursing and swearing as another shot slams into the door jam. Uh, You take up a fire position with your back on the left side of the door. That's the direction the fire is coming. So you're going to have to sneak around very quickly. And uh, hey, Calder, actually, this would be easier if you could just stick your head around. <laughs> uh, is there something to take off my coat? Well, I wouldn't, you know, I, you do you. 
Are you going to buy me dinner first? Uh, sure. <laughs> All right. Um, so um, this makes it so, okay. So I need to uh, stealth or something dex check uh, to get to fire position, and then uh, then we can think about uh, how I. No, uh, I'll just I'll just give it, it to you. They're not actually shooting. They're not actually shooting you. You go boom on the one side of the door. You want to peek around the door jam and rack off a shot, right? That is correct. Well, that's where you are. Awesome. Uh, is that am I um, on next initiative before I get a shot? Yes. All right. Then uh, my turn is done. As Arabit falls, he fires off one shot with his bolter. Another. Both illuminate the cupola of the crane. Uh, we see briefly the one rifleman take a shot at Delilah, who tugs herself out of the way and back into the building. Back outside, Arabet, still falling towards the ground, casts his eye towards the bottom of the bridge, which leads out to the ship, which is covered with wires and cables of all kinds. He notices what appears to be a junction box, takes a shot. We see a hole get blown in the walkway from below, but the junction box falls. Quickly, Arabet twists, reaches out, and catches the falling mass. Five feet above the slime, his arc pulls him away, and then up, up, up. Where at the end of that swing, he lets go and turns like a trapeze artist. There's the moment where his momentum stops and his forward motion carries him downward now. He reaches out and at the barest margin grabs a wire rope, which he uses to swing his body up into the structure of the boom of the crane. Top of the round, Shakir. Uh, so you said Shakir wasn't actually able to see where the shots were coming from, from where he was positioned. Now that Delilah's out of the way and not burning so brightly, you can see, now, now you can see, you've got a chunk of that cupola and you can see a figure in silhouette from the shoulders to the top of the head. They've got three quarters concealment. All right. Well then, uh, Shakir will pull out one of his pistols and take, I guess, a couple of shots at him. Okay, roll him up. Three quarters concealment means, am I rolling disadvantage with this? It's got plus five to AC. Okay, well, that was for nothing. Natural 20. Ah! <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Shakira Beth. That's sympathy for you. Good shot. What's that look like, Shakira? Now, seeing as Shakira isn't at quite as ridiculous with his guns as he is with a sword, uh, the main thing that I would say he does is uh, he probably, it's draw fire. There's not a whole lot of aim, kind of the, uh, the Malcolm Reynolds style of shooting. Gunfighting gun is not my narrative style, so. Right on. Um, I'll do one. So, as Arabet pulls himself up into the boom of the crane, one of the shooters in the crane takes notice and changes his position, leveling his long rifle off. Now, Arabet, you don't have a lot of room to move. And as this person sits there and chuckles to himself, the camera takes a view from over his shoulder. 
Bet is doing his best to clamber down the inside of the boom, but that's not easy and it doesn't leave you a lot of room to move. And so the shooter flicks the sights up and we can see the red mystic dot, which aligns up a perfect shot. These sights are cheating. No actual sportsman would use them, but killers do. And as the two sights line up, we see this gloved finger close on the trigger of the long rifle. There's a gunshot and the figure collapses over as the camera cuts over to where Shakir braces himself against the opposite side of the door from Calder and sights down his smoking pistol. Delilah, you're on. Delilah realizes that she's never properly introduced herself to Calder in a real and meaningful way, which is going to get a little awkward here in a second. But she steps across the doorway so she can get a line of sight on the the remaining assailant, crouches down so he can do whatever he needs to do above her head, and fires off a bolt of gleaming light. What's interesting about this caller is that there's smoke coming from her hair, which is full of electricity and power. And when she fires this bolt off, she just dims to mortal illumination. Calder raises one eyebrow and murmurs, Fascinating. The firebolt hits a 21. Okay, the gleaming bolt streaks into the corner where the second gunman, somewhat shocked that somebody has managed to shoot his compatriot in the ear through the small amount of, you know, window available. This is a pretty good fire position, to be honest, and that shouldn't have happened. He uh, he, he looks over to, to, his, to his friend, speaks his friend's name, and then when he looks back, he catches a, bowl, he catches a bolt of a radiant light square between the eyes takes him clean off his feet the camera goes to within the cab of the crane um this person who we now see is human just knocked flat over end over end like when the bolt hits him his the back of his head and his heels switch places he collapses in a pile there is no more shooting from the crane but uh from behind you you can hear the sound of running footsteps up the stairs those of you in the place that is. Arabet, you uh, clamber off the boom of the crane and onto the roof of the crane, whereupon you see the door from the top has been welded shut. Well, I can't do anything about a weld. But I can go through the glass. Yeah, you know when. I've already done one dive. What's another one? You slide down the side of the rounded roof of this crane, catch the railing just above the windows, and so you slide in the window. Within the cupola of this crane, there is a teapot, a hot plate, some fixings for tea, a couple of seats, a rack to put your rifles in, a little table with some cards, and uh, a dead a dead man, and somebody who looks like they're bleeding out their ears. 
Well, there's a rifle there? Two of them. Well, I grabbed one. Sighted out the window. Okay, um, Delilah, there's a rifle which points out the window and you're about to feed it another bolt when you spot that it's Arabet. It has those red dot magnifying sights that uh, once you get the shot lined up, the picture appears large in your view and you can just put a bullet anywhere you want on it. They're cheating. Yeah, but now I'm cheating. So you get a look at it, like you see the picture of Delilah's face which shoots you a scowl as it blows up large in your view before you move the sights off of her. It's the same look she had when she punched you in the eye when you were looking through the see-through lens. Arabic smiles. Good memories. You still have the shiner. That was like this afternoon. Well worth it. I uh, scan for other targets around the, uh, the building and the train. Currently, there don't appear to be any outside. So uh, I can see by reading uh, Delilah that uh, there's no more threats outside. Is that fair? I mean, she just flicked one of them off. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you said that we heard something downstairs or uh, something on the interior. There's definitely something coming up from behind. Quite a few things with the sound of all those feet on the stairs is any indication. Fair enough. Uh, I will go check it out. All right, so... As the Viper Hound comes pouring out of the stairwell, you can see its lambent glowing eyes fixed on Calder. After that, four, five, six more guardsmen coming up the stairs. The Viper Hound narrows its eyes and in the old tongue, curses Calder. This thing, which you, just until now, thought was would be about as smart as a dog, sees the dead body of its friend, the Slod, courtesy of Shakir, and says, Fuck. Now you pay. Uh, that's very interesting. That's it. I'm trying to be inspired. I'm not super inspired. So, uh, the thunder uh, waves out. So, uh, I will Well, you know, how about that? A talking dog, right? <laughs> as, as impressed as you are about this. How about that? A talking dog. The disc spins up. As it spins up, the electricity begins to crackle. The typhoon begins to build around it. All of the dust in the uh, on this entire loft level begins to crackle with the static. And when the disc lands, it all jumps. You know, like 
when it like the big it all jumps like glitter on a bass speaker damage uh eight points uh to all of them uh, unless they make the if they do make it they do not make their save but they also push also the rip is fine What's your difficulty? About 15, sorry. All right, so Calder does the spin of the disc. It goes up to the apex of its arc, comes down. All of the dust on that end of the floor jumps, and everything shoots back 10 feet. The Viper Hound rolls to a stop as a stack of crates now pushed over, collapses on it, it leaps out of the way. The crates seal off the door well amidst the sound of cursing and swearing as several people who had been trying to get through the door are blown back by the door itself, which flies off the hinges from this rush of thunderous energy. Spark, spark, fizzle, and the thomic conduction of this device sparks out. You can smell the burning mithril. You're going to have to rewind the fuses and that. But it's a quick stoop to scoop it up off the floor. I mean, these things are expensive, right? All of these work. Runelanders is recorded live and curated, produced, and edited by me with indispensable help from Cassie Goodwin-Harrison, Matthew Harrison, Chris Stockavaz, Greg Setnick, and Carrie Copley. All the usual people played all the usual parts, and if you want to know more about them, you can find out all about them, all about the little Easter eggs that I scattered through these episodes, and so much more at runelanders.com. Watch for our vastly improved website coming up soon. That'll about do it for this episode. Next time on Moonlanders, we're gonna have some wicked awesome fun. You have to check it out. We'll see you then. I'm DM Matt Adam. I'm DM Goodbye. Reminding you to roll high and don't die. Until next. Take good care. Sure. <laughs>